Hello, hello, and welcome back to your favorite bullshit podcast of The Haunted Heart. Katie, you just assume that we're their favorite. Oh, that's true. I'm working on confidence. I'm working on being confident, you know, new season, new me. A new season? A new It's summer now. Oh, God, that's right. I try to forget that point. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm not a summer fan. I'm feeling in my power. It's real hot, but I just keep taking clothes off and y'all are just going to deal with it. She said, it's really hot and so am I. No, I look like shit, but (laughs) (laughs) it's too hot and I'm too sweaty. So y'all just going to have to look at it. I didn't have time to get my body ready. Yeah. Honey, we're going into this season. Hefty. Hefty like the bags. Honey. Like the trash bags. Hefty girl. like the trash bags, which is perfect for the show. 100%. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. Don't go for no cheap, thin old trash bag. You get that good old fashioned hefty. You get you that hefty because you, right. you never know what you got to throw away. That's Body parts. <laughs> the truth. Your Body man. Body parts, your man, y- your insecurities. You never know. Mm-hmm. Definitely throw away those insecurities. I know those can be sure. pretty heavy. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Get those out of wow. here, man. Get yeah, those no, out of here. I just want to say a PSA to all my ladies out there. All of them. All of you. I don't care if you're skinny. I don't care if you're medium. I don't care if you got the muscles. I don't care if you're a big girl. It's hot, bitch. It is hot out here. Make sure that you are appropriately dressed. Do not walk around trying to like cover your shit up. Just, just bear it to the world. And if, I'm going to tell you what. You take a page out of my mom's book. <laughs> she she always says, and I wish she was here on this episode to tell you herself, if you don't like the way I look, don't look at me. <laughs> so I want you to remember that. I want you to remember those words, carry them in your heart. And honey, put your shorts on. Put your sundress on. Uh-huh, your crop take tops. your sweater off. Wear a crop. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I have three. If you need one, call me, girl. You can borrow one. But bear it this summer. Don't don't walk around hot and uncomfortable. And that's an official haunted heart. It is. Stance. It is. I I feel that because I mean everybody kind of has those days where you're just like, oh, I just want to like, I don't feel comfortable wearing this tank top dress or like I don't feel comfortable wearing these shorts or whatever. And I just want to like, if you're like me, you just drape like random fabric all over yourself until you think that you're covered up enough to go outside literally (laughs) but bitch it is hot take all that shit off i mean unless you look super fucking cool um take all that shit off don't be uncomfortable do not be sweaty like be comfortable because that's number one and fuck anybody who doesn't like the way you look fuck (laughs) them uh or or don't fuck them because they're horrible people um or you could just uh do like me and just fucking be a recluse. Stay inside. Stay, and inside. stay inside. It's not safe. Stay inside. That um, what's that? Uh, oh, yeah. The Green Day song, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Just do that. <laughs> yeah. That's me pretty <laughs> much from, you know, life. July. Um, I wake up once for, for my birthday week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done. Um, and then well, I'll wait for September to end. Mm-hmm. And then I come alive again. Mm-hmm. My, other, my other official haunted heart stance is um, sunscreen. Wear it, girl. Yeah. And boy, all of you, keep a bottle in the car. Keep it somewhere. You don't want that skin cancer. It's it's terrible. What's that horrible song that's called Sunscreen? That was oh, back it's in the, the 90s? graduation song that Ugh. was like all the advice and it was like a it was like a new age like beat and it was like 
And he was just like, uh, it was a speech. It was a speech that somebody gave at commencement. And like the song was just the speech cut up and then put to that like new age music. So it like really felt, it really felt like something that you would have playing at like a mental facility. Like when they inevitably <laughs> lock me up and take me to the psych ward, like I feel like that's going to be on in my room and it's going to be like pictures of like the beach and then just like fields and shit. Like I, I just feel like that's that would be playing there. Yeah. But his whole thing is sunscreen. You got to wear the sunscreen. Yeah, I just remember fucking hating it, and um, still do to this day. <laughs> um, I haven't listened to it in a long time. I remember I really liked it as a kid, though. I was on that vibe. I was like, because this, it was, I guess it was weird, kind of like, like you. It was so weird, and you were like, I have to like it, probably. Well, it was just, it just felt very like, I don't know. I should listen to it now and see if I still vibe with it. But I definitely did as a youngster. It was good fucking advice, man. Well, we're not here for good advice. We're here for fucking <laughs> uh, trash-ass fucking uh, qualities, contents, all of the above. Qualities? Did qualities. you just say qualities? Qualities, yes. We're here for qualities. <laughs> um, and we're also here to invoke some motherfucking names, folks, because we have two today. That is right. Two people have decided to sell their souls to us. I've decided. I've decided. <laughs> and to so we grow stronger. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good job. I'm trying to get this match out of the box quietly, but I have a feeling that it's, you're going to hear it later. And uh, so I'm just letting you know now. Trying to get the match out of the box quietly. That's what he said. Quietly? What, are we, like, in your parents' place? Like, what's the deal? Maybe. Who knows? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Anywho, here's your match, bitch. Oh, thanks. She gave me a match, y'all. Yes. But with nothing to strike against. <laughs> mm-hmm. Figure it out. That's life. So if you're new and you've never listened to the show before, welcome. Uh, number one, sorry about the intro. It's pretty much always like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two... What we like to do on the show, sort of our tradition, to welcome new Patreon members to the herd, to the family, to the cult, if you will, uh, is to light a candle that we have dressed with good intentions for health, wealth, happiness, all good vibes, um, and we invoke their name on the show. And we have two new loves that are joining us today. Mm -hmm. So I will start off... By invoking Holland M, who is a member of our Stay Spooky squad. And I am going to be invoking Nicole, who is a member of our Cannibal Cult. All right, and your candles are lit. At least through the episode, but forever and always in our dark, creepy, spooky hearts. Yay! Yay! Hit me with them good vibes, miss me with that That bullshit. bullshit. By the way, speaking of good vibes, happy Pride Month, y'all. Fucking happy Pride Month, y'all. It's June, boo. Listen, I'm going to tell you what. Get gay, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) 
Listen, so this is the time of the month where literally everything turns gay. And listen, yeah. I'm going to tell you what. We always gay on this show. Yeah. We're always gay. We're always queer as fuck. Like, it's just, that's it. That's just what it is. Um, But, you know, this is the month where you see every business in the world. Mm-hmm. Every business in the world. I think I was scrolling through Facebook Did today. Did you see that meme that's like, the all the businesses are like, hey, gays. <laughs> like, or it was like, oh, I think it was, um, oh, fuck, who was it? It was like, uh, he has a really recognizable face and he's um, very, he was the, he was the pedophile in, um, in fucking Con Air. I, Great. first of all, have Perfect. never seen Con Air. <laughs> Con Air is an amazing movie. <laughs> I maybe have seen, no, sorry. I, I, I have seen it, but maybe like Put once. down the bunny. Something tells me I saw Con Air in high school. Maybe, but <laughs> it's it's a fucking excellent film. But something I can't, tells me a teacher showed that. I can't remember. No, I'm gonna have to look it up because it's gonna bother me. He's one of those actors that like you're not really allowed to forget his name. Um, oh, fucking. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He was the the creepy guy with the um. Yeah, is he the always... one that did he have? No, he he did have a teddy bear. Did not have a teddy. Everybody. It was a bunny. It was a bunny. Bunny. Nicholas. The the plot of that film was Nicholas Cage is like getting out of prison. I know and the plot. Um. And he has this bunny that he's going to give his daughter. It's Steve Buscemi. Oh. God bless. So Steve, the meme was Steve Buscemi in like hip looking clothes. But like the shirt is like a rainbow shirt. And it's like, hey, gays. <laughs> or whatever. And it was like every business during the month of June. And I was like, this is correct. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I saw, I think I was scrolling through um, Facebook and I saw a, an ad for, that Colgate had. With a little rainbow toothpaste on there. And I was like, okay, that was cute. And then I did the thing that you're never supposed to do, which is go into the comment section on Facebook. Oh, that's my favorite. And literally the first one was like, I ain't using your products no more. And I thought to myself, I almost commented. Do you use them now? Do you use them at all? Because, (laughs) sir, it doesn't look like it. Never, ever go into the Facebook comment section unless you are fully like mentally prepared that's all i have to yeah say. see i'm a nihilist so i um i go there I, I really should be removed from facebook i think it should probably be removed from my life but i love our facebook group so much for the podcast i know that i still like have to get on it i literally because before we opened the facebook group i didn't have facebook for like t- a year and a half it was the fucking happiest time of my life <laughs> it was amazing i fully mm. believe that these horrible companies are like making us beholden to facebook so that our lives suck so that we're mm-hmm. miserable so that we can sign away more and more of our rights because we don't really care about our life because it's miserable <laughs> um but that's wonderful <laughs> that's you know Welcome my to the overall theory. vibe of this show folks so no. i mean are we enabling that with our cool as fuck a haunted heart facebook group potentially but uh and do we give a fuck are the mega corporations just gonna squash us some way anyway Definitely. Definitely. So go ahead and um, search for the Haunted Heart Podcast on Facebook and join our group. Because uh, we're just all going to go down together. How about? Yeah, it's going to be like Titanic, y'all. Make your life a little bit less miserable on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So if uh, for those of you who have been with us for a while, you may uh, remember uh, last year for Pride, we did our How Now Brown Cow episode, which was a lot of fun. Um, I still don't know how that episode title came to be. Um, I think it was something in the, uh, in the intro. It was something. But it, hilarious because like right after that episode dropped was when we got the season of, um, Moni Carr, 
With brown cow. With brown cow. My fucking clairvoyance that is, is what true. that was. That Girl, is... Monique, where you at, bitch? That is very true. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Love it. It was meant to Love it. Be. Brown cow stunning. Brown Please don't sue stunning. me, Monique. I, <laughs> I don't love think you, girl. <laughs> I hope not. I don't think I love she will. you, boo. Go check her out. That's my bitch. I love her. I don't think so. Well, no, I don't think she will, is what I'm trying to say. I don't I don't think so. I don't think she loves you. I mean, bitch. she doesn't know that I'm alive, so probably not. Oh my gosh. Stunning. Um, so yeah, so we wanted to do something a bit um kind of in that vein. We we don't want pride to like slip by without us acknowledging it. We do think it is really important, like with all the jokes about the businesses that are um kind of only looking to cash in on it. Mm. Although I will um, have to say, Absolute Vodka has a Pride bottle that they have been selling the whole year. Oh, okay, cool. Like, nice. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right. So while there are lots of companies who are just trying to cash in on Pride, I think that it is still um, really important for us to obviously acknowledge it, celebrate diversity, um, celebrate all of that. This year is actually the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Mm-hmm. So that's... Um, kind of another layer to the celebration. I've always been very introspective about pride. Like to me, like I feel like a lot of people approach it as like on the um offensive. I guess I would say like like it's a celebration. It's very aggressive. It's very in your face. It's very like outward sort of thing. But for me, it's always been a very like introspective time where it's like. Yes, there's pride, and yes, there's um, connection, and yes, there is celebration, but there's also, like, looking back. I find myself looking back at um, just everyone in the past who's had to struggle with being gay or who's had to struggle with being different or, you know, maybe who is just an ally and who, you know, uh, because of their friends were persecuted, you know? And so to me, it's always like, not a bummer, not to bring it down, but, (laughs) but it just always is a time I feel like for reflection on the history of gay culture Mm -hmm. and, and the history of counterculture and how, you know, 50 years ago, when Stonewall was happening, you yeah. did not have fucking corporations that it wasn't cool to be gay. It wasn't cool to be different. It was, it put a target on you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of feel like that's, I don't know, that's just always, you know, you guys know I always have to bring the fucking party down. But, <laughs> but truly, I mean, take some time for yourself this Pride season to, don't, no matter what you are, y'all know I don't do fucking labels. Um, no matter who you are, take some time to sit and think and, and maybe even research and look back and kind of, you know, learn the names of people who came before you and and learn what they went through and carry that forward into the future. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody celebrates differently. Like I said, um, <clears throat> some people aren't as like super into the whole um you know rainbow shtick or whatever um and all of that stuff and that's completely fine it's up to you on how you want to you know celebrate but i definitely agree that it's a it's a great time to um look back and definitely look back at those who came before us like you said because uh there are so many things that we can learn 
from those people. And it's, you know, just an important time to reflect and learn, learn your history and learn about where things come from. Because for kids nowadays, with things being more open uh, and more accepted, they don't understand why some people uh, feel like they have to, you know, uh, you know, like for me, even for me, for example, like to say that, um, to sort of introduce that, like I have a husband, mm-hmm. I, I still to this day have given myself pause. Right. Um, it's not something that I immediately like, you know, let happen unless I, cause I just, it's just who I am. And it's just something that, you know, I've always worked with, but like some people, some kids nowadays don't understand that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And which is which is honestly which is good. Which is a good we want, thing. We, we, we want yeah. that. Yeah. We want that. Um but again, like I said, pride is this time to just sort of look back and look at how um gay culture um in itself has sort of evolved from being completely underground mm-hmm. to uh what it is now. And two, I think understanding to speak to that point, understanding that um not everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and not everybody has to be. And that's okay. Yeah. Like you may uh, be not that that's a good thing, but just like everybody kind of approaches their identity in a different way. And there's mm-hmm. not one correct way to be a gay man or a gay woman or a queer, you know, this or a, you know, transgender person. Like there's not a, there's not any one way to do anything. Right. So everybody is just kind of trying to figure it the fuck out as they go along and understand that. And and we don't need to be identical to be united. Yeah. And I think that that is a really important point. And I think understanding that um, everybody has a different comfort zone and embracing that is is something that's really important to remember at Pride as well. Because in the celebration, you get really excited. You get, mm-hmm. you know, emotions run high. Everybody's, like, partying and raging, and it's awesome, and everybody's feeling great. Like, somebody else might not be comfortable with something that you're comfortable with. So make sure that you're not, without thinking, making someone uncomfortable or pushing somebody too far. And the other thing is be inclusive, please. Yes. Please fucking be inclusive. Yes. Official Haunted Heart podcast stance. Do not be fucking rude to straight people. Do not be hateful to them. They did not deserve that. Like, I mean, unless they're a cunt to you, in which case, fuck them. But like, please be inclusive because nothing is gained by acting like the queer community is some exclusive club that like has like card carrying members and that's it. And, you know, we don't associate with anybody else and blah, 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 because nobody likes a fucking snob. Yeah, and then also it's invite important. people in, help them learn. Yeah, and even even within the gay community, even within the LGBTQIA uh, community in and of itself, because even then you have people who aren't inclusive, because like you have a huge section of that which is you know trans folk and um, queer people of color who are often excluded from you know the typical like white homosexual. Um, you know, narrative. So right. that it, it, yes, it, in, in being inclusive is exactly what that should mean. That's mm-hmm. including your allies. That's including um, our trans brothers and sisters. It's including our non-binary folk. It's including mm-hmm. our people of color, queer people of color, 
literally it's inclusive of everybody and that's what it should mean and i don't understand why some people just don't fucking get it yeah yeah (laughs) well it's because people like we people have a natural tendency to segregate off and it's it's really a shame because i feel like there can be a point at which pride can turn into um not pride with a capital p but pride the emotion can turn Mm -hmm. into um something that separates you from a a larger group. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and we should celebrate diversity, but also like gay people, like queer people cannot just like separate completely from heterosexual people and like have our own like society, like whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like social media around this time of year really gives me a lot of trouble because there are people like there are like stupid ass memes and shit that are just like oh it's pride so if you're not gay fuck you like which is kind of I don't know it just always has bothered me because it's like that's not how you get straight people to understand you that's Mm -hmm. not how you get straight people to become allies that's not how we should function as a community it should be about love it should be about acceptance of literally everybody yeah um so. And it should be about building allies and building allies. Hundred percent. And that's not Absolutely. how you build allies. Show like people said, good so. fucking time, babe, because nobody can party. Bring them as in. good as you know. As the gays, as are the we fucking gays? Hundred percent. Like we. I mean, you're you are we, fucking hundred percent. Listen. Uh, Look we, here. We're we gonna get this pride absolute vodka. We're gonna come on in, babe. Like have you some hospitality. We're gonna take care of you. But seriously, be inclusive. Teach people. Approach it from the standpoint of being proud of who you are and letting the world know who you are in not a argumentative way but in an inviting and educational way way. exactly yes soapbox put away (laughs) (laughs) that was a very large soapbox um but no it's it's very important and it has to be said um and so yes um what we wanted to get into today um I know you had mentioned Miss uh, Monique Hart from Drag Race, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, and a part of um, th- uh, qu- the queer community coming into uh, the mainstream has definitely been um, because of shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, which I've literally been watching since its inception in 2009. Religiously. <laughs> <laughs> religiously (laughs) it's a problem um which is great and it's amazing and that show has grown so much and it has allowed drag performers to have a platform that they haven't um have really ever seen before which is the amazing thing i mean you have people like um you had um Violet Tchotchke, and you also had Aquaria, who were the first uh, drag queens to be invited to the Met Gala in Mm -hmm. drag, which is amazing. Um, uh, You know, RuPaul has, uh, and and Drag Race itself has won several Emmys, um, I believe, despite some of their um, problematic issues. I'm not going to not acknowledge that Drag Race itself does have some, some problematic tendencies, but, you know, we can possibly get into that. Um, we can. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we will. Problematic? Oh, we'll talk mm. about it. <laughs> but what um, we kind of wanted to talk about today was sort of, um, we wanted to go into a little bit of the the history of drag culture and um, what it means to be a person who does drag, but also to be someone who does drag 
in the underground sense now that drag is mainstream. Yes. Because there are two... And no, I'm not going to say there are two. There are many different variations of drag. Drag is not just split into two things. But um, Dragula, uh, which is a TV show, I consider to be the the underbelly of like RuPaul's Drag Race, I guess I should say. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... So, um, kind of looking at... Because I wouldn't necessarily even say, like, I think even that might be too um, representing it as, like, a polar issue. There's there's what we've seen on RuPaul's Drag Race, which obviously has become totally mainstream. People mm-hmm. are hosting watch parties. It's, you know, whoever won Drag Race is, like, on the news, like, mainstream news. It's, um, it's a huge deal. But that is one specific kind of drag. Um, it's kind of like the America's Next Top Model of drag. But... That's not if you if you kind of look at it in the context of America's Next Top Model, like that's one kind of modeling, not mm-hmm. you know the vast kind of diverse um, way that you can be a model, and it's the same thing with drag. Um, so we're kind of looking at um, the history of drag, but then also kind of where are like where's the darker underbelly? Because girl, you know we love spooky shit. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for you know how how is horror kind of coming into the drag world, and how are those things kind of mixing, and who are the artists that are really, um, in my mind, kind of incorporating a lot of those horror elements and pushing drag um to kind of in a different direction mm-hmm. and, and kind of pushing the limits in, in a way because i don't think miss brew is um pushing anything but that money into her bag. i girl. mean let's be real <laughs> you are true <laughs> that is very very true so um for those of you who haven't heard um dragula is uh the boulet brothers dragula um, it's also a competition reality show, but it's like drag with a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dragula in and of itself is about horror, filth, and glamour, mm-hmm. which, hello, I'm, I, I'm there. Sign us up. Horror, filth, glamour. Sign us up. Check all of the boxes. Which I think is how they got us into watching that show. Because, like, the promo was, like, cool as fuck. And then it was, like, horror, filth, glamour. And we were like, we're there. Well, they I just saw it. And I was like, our drag- like bags. the name like- in of itself. I'm like, Dragula? Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sign me up. Um, so what I really love about Dragula is that it, um, and especially going into, because they are on, um, they have hosted two seasons. Yes. They are. Third season comes out this year. Yep. Third season comes out in August, and something that was sort of um, uh, notable to mention is that for this third season, auditions were open for Mm -hmm. anybody. Mm -hmm. Because, see, some issues that Drag Race has Mm -hmm. uh, been faced with is that they aren't... um, uh, really inclusive of other performers. Um, inclusive. Th- not inclusive. Yep. Drag kings, for Remember that example. talk we had about being fucking inclusive? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that talk? Yeah. There was a reason we had that fucking talk, we girl. We had that long-ass fucking soapbox talk for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, but, you know, not as open to uh, uh, drag kings or um, really trans people as right. well. Right, right. Um, and then women. Yeah. Because, of course, drag... Well, that's why I said drag kings. Yeah. Well, okay. well kind of listening. <laughs> She's but, not listening but, to I me, I mean, both. but no, truly, like, 
even women, even cis women. Now, I'm, I'm about to get some people fucking upset, so buckle your ass up. I hope you're ready um, for these fucking emails. No. Cis women can perform in drag as women, and it is still mm-hmm. drag. Oh, totally. Calm your tits. Like, it doesn't have to be a drag king type situation. I, as a woman, could perform in drag as a woman, yeah, and I, it's still a drag performance because drag, by nature, is performative. It does not have to be, you don't have to always be taking one specific type of person, which is a gay male, right? At least now we have uh, gay males of all colors on Drag Race. Bless. <laughs> not as much, but okay. Well, um, I mean, somewhat. But I think what, what you were looking for is bio queens, is yeah. essentially what yes. they're called. Yes. Is bio queens, which, yeah, all right, my fuck up. Um, bio queens, drag kings, that yes. sort of thing. They're not. Yes. We don't. RuPaul is. Only wants <laughs> one type of person to do drag. And that is what's killer for me. When we had that whole conversation about, like, oh, well, um, trans uh, male to female or women couldn't be on drag race because, I mean, this bullshit reason of, like, we'd have to censor out nipples on TV. Girl. Are you fucking kidding me? Either don't censor them and put it up there and fight the fight or censor it in the most snarky way possible. Like I'm trying to see like little like you <laughs> like little hands flipping people off as the censor for the nipples or go ahead and censor everybody's nipples and yeah. be ridiculous about yeah. it. Censor all of the men's nipples on Drag Race. I would I would just paste and male just nipples be a motherfucker. onto the yes. women's Cens- nipples. Censor the women's nipples with male nipples. I'll like, paste male nipples. Send a message, boo. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, what is the point of having a fucking platform well, that's massive if you're not going to use it to get advancement? And that's what's so crazy because RuPaul has been known to push those boundaries. Exactly. Like, when she started, she was that, like... You know, that punk queen, that gender uh-huh. bending. Like, she's the one who literally in Tu Wong Fu came down with a fucking, as a, as, as a black drag queen in a Confederate flag dress. Right. Like, those are the limits that she was pushing. Right. And, like, it's just so frustrating to see someone with that much power. Right. That much of a voice, like, just not go. Just shrivel up and not fucking. Can. Yes, exactly. That I mean, that is exactly. I would have. And I would have had a female. Um, I would have a female on the show. I would censor with male nipples and tell the networks to fucking bite me. Like that's <laughs> like, what, what I would do. do? You don't cancel the show. It's fucking. It's RuPaul's technically censored. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, and if they do, I'm sure that another network would pick you up in a hot sec. So, right. but that's where we see the evolution of shows like Dragula, yes. who like notice that and understand that there's a need to showcase other forms of drag. Yes, from the bio queens and the drag kings, and even just regular. Um, even and just the regular drag queens who have like that spooky vibe to them or mm-hmm. have that horror element thrown in like those um i feel like sometimes with drag race you get that like token like spooky girl or like token like weird girl yes evie and oddly this season evie oddly this season um if you Which haven't watched i feel like that was so transparent on her win? So, okay, here's the thing. I love Evie Oddly. When we first started watching this season, I was like, that's my girl. Like, that's going to be the one for me. And Kenny kind of did the same thing. And 
um, no, no, this, I'm not saying this to take away from her talent whatsoever. She's absolutely incredible and she 100% deserved the win. But I am sure that when her audition tape came in, like that was a clear choice to include her in the season and to do that like monster challenge or whatever, because I feel like RuPaul is aware of Dragula and the way that that's evolving. So he's trying to like sort of fit that into a model that's not built for that type of performance. And so that's why the monster episode was fucking horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely a disgrace. Oh, we're not going to get into that because I'm <laughs> was painful. still triggered. <laughs> yes. It was so painful. RuPaul trying to do, RuPaul's drag race trying to do horror is like, and I don't mean, I mean to sound like don't. a snob. I don't mean to sound like a snob. I was very excited when I saw it. I was so excited because I'm like, yes, please, more of this. Um, and I wanted so much for it. I honestly do. I did. But what a letdown. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like that was very, the way that that went was just so tra- transparent. And I feel like it's it's like it wasn't hopping for on me. a fucking bandwagon. It wasn't for me because I thought that they were going to finally crown a big girl this season because mm. they mm-hmm. had went through the whole, like their whole theme at the start was like talking about like going big and big, big, big. And everything mm-hmm. was like extra extra large i just knew that they were going to crown a big girl this season because Mm. of that but apparently not but anyway um there may be some people out there who have never ever even been to a drag show which is i'm i'm sorry because they're Mm -hmm. fun as shit Mm -hmm. i love going to a drag show but um i guess to try to get into a little bit of history for the people who don't really know a lot about drag or what it is where it come from or where you know where it has come from Um, Drag is believed to have originated when women couldn't fucking play in the the theater. (laughs) We weren't allowed in. They weren't allowed in. So instead, they they just let the men dress as women. And then the term drag supposedly stemmed from like how the men, how the dresses would drag across the floor. And that's sort of where the term um, originated. Um, And then as... As time went on, you started seeing that into more in more female impersonation um, with vaudeville acts. Um, and then when vaudeville sort of like went away, you sort of went into like the 1930s, like Prohibition era, which is where drag sort of and drag performance sort of intertwined. I guess I should say, and and gay men and LGBT people and drag performers used those underground clubs uh, and speakeasies as the opportunity to, you know, express and enjoy themselves. Um, True, though, um, to kind of also speak to our friends across the pond, um, because it's not uniquely an American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, drag also has roots in the British tradition of uh, panto, Um short for pantomime, uh, in every pantomime, there was at least one pantomime dame. Um, and this is going as far back as like the mid to late 1800s. So it goes way back. But it's a traditional, I mean, obviously it's what you think, it's pantomime. Uh, in the early days, they didn't speak. Then later, pantos, um, which is kind of a revived uh, version of that art form, they do speak. Um, but the pantomime dame was a traditional role in British pantomime, and it was played by male actors in um, 
male actors playing female characters in drag. And they either played in an extremely like campy style mm-hmm. or else by men acting butch in women's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wore really heavy makeup and really big hair and they had exaggerated physical features. Um, and they kind of performed in an over the top style partially because when that art form sort of started, it was without words, right? So you're yeah. having to act super campy. You're having to act like overact because you're not speaking. Right. And then when speaking was incorporated, it was still, they kind of kept that over the top thing. Mm-hmm. And Pentos actually are still performed in Britain and Sir Ian McKellen has performed in Pantos. Ah. Yes. Nice. So you can, um, there's some good YouTube footage of Sir Ian performing uh, in Pentos from Ooh. maybe like a couple years ago, 10 years ago. I don't know if he still does it. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, he's, he's a pretty cool dude. Yeah. So um, then you sort of enter into the 50s and 60s where um, police started cracking down on these bars and would raid them specifically because they knew they were gay bars. Um, because at that time, um, you know, it was, it was illegal for, uh, gays to even be served in bars or anybody that was LGBT, not just gays, but, um, and so when, you know, LGBT people found their own like underground bars, the cops specifically targeted this, um, with Stonewall being, you know, a huge, um, Mm-hmm. you know a huge moment which actually did you know i didn't know this um but did you know that the genovese family which was a part of the new york mafia uh, bought the stonewall Mm-mm. the stonewall inn Mm-mm. and owned it no for that purpose oh huh which was interesting i didn't know that very interesting actually yeah i did not know yeah um so yeah so then you had the incident of stonewall which um uh, in 1969, which really sort of um, galvanized uh, the gay community uh, against their oppressors. And you had lots of people, especially one, um, Marsha P. Johnson, who um, was pivotal, pivotal um, in the movement for LGBT rights. She was one of the first activists to aggressively fight back against institutional prejudice um, in the wake of the Stonewall Uprising. And what I really love about her is um, when a judge, because she was arrested numerous times, asked for what the P stood for, she (laughs) replied, pay it no mind, which Hmm. would later become sort of like her thing. Hmm. Um, And it was at that point you started to see um a division uh within within the queer community so um because things like racism still like obviously permeate literally everything because hello institutionalized racism Mm -hmm. that also includes the queer community folks um so unfortunately um uh, queer people of color had to sort of make their own way. And so that's when you started seeing these underground balls um, starting to form, whereas their white counterparts had pageants. Mm-hmm. Um, and those pageants were often, you know, racially biased, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. not inclusive. Mm-hmm. So um, 
And then you have this just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world, um, this wonderful culture that sort of developed where people of color were able to create houses and families um, if they had been, um, you know, abandoned by their biological families. They were able to come together in these houses. Um, and unfortunately, you have like what still continues to happen today where people like Madonna who exploded, well, not, well she had exploded, Vogue exploded, but she took a lot of that culture right. and profitized off that. Profitized? Profitized. Wow. Whoa. Pro- Profited? Prof- prof- <laughs> she we don't know much about profit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. She, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Profited. profited. She profited. <laughs> Girl. She profited Ooh. um off of a culture those that dance she wasn't moves. part of. And yeah. She that pro- she kind yeah. of like pulled from And Yeah. It's and it's really sad because, you know, you have those people that were that taught her those dance moves who literally ended up like broke and like Mm. like got nothing literally nothing from that um a movie that i that is near and dear to my heart that i love that i watched when i first started um trying to understand like about lgbt culture was uh paris is burning which i still recommend despite it um it also having some some issues in and of itself um but and I still re- yeah and I still recommend um, anyone to watch that. Um, but where you have a director um, who comes in and does this docu documentary on this culture, and then it goes on and you go on to win all of these awards and all of these accolades and all of this other stuff, um, and you literally just paid like I think some of the people in that film only got paid like. A hundred dollars, and they were told that when the show, like when it, like when the movie would launch, that Mm -hmm. they were going to be taken care of, and literally had never, like, had been paid no mind of ever again. Wow! Like, and I think some of them, some very famous um, people in the ballroom culture, like, literally were just thrown a hundred dollars, and then like that was it. Hmm. Um. So that's so that's really tragic. Um. But. From that point on, um, and again, you start to see, um, you start to see how that can relate to, um, to how you know race relations can be involved with um, queer culture and how um, you know non-inclusive things can be. Which I feel like we keep saying that a lot, but like, again. <laughs> It's, it's a important. Theme. It's a theme, you know. It's just I mean, a theme. It's a theme. I'm a gay man. It's a theme. <laughs> the theme today is <laughs> the theme inclusive. today is themes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that happens a lot in, uh, you know, people of color. I mean, girl, Eminem told you, who's not a person of color, by the way, but Eminem told you, what's that line from his song that's like, um, something like, I'm. Uh, to do black music so, uh, to use black music so selfishly and use it to get myself wealthy or whatever. Yeah. And like, 
I, I feel like that's happened a lot. It's happened a lot in the gay community. It's happened a lot to like people of color where, and that's what people mean when they say cultural appropriation. They don't mean a fucking garment that is cut slightly like a kimono. That's not what the fucking point of it is. Right. Cultural appropriation is, are you, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean that you can't learn about people's culture i think we should share our cultures with each other openly i think i don't think we should be exclusive i think that we should be inclusive i think we should invite people in and um you know teach them about our culture but at the same time there has to be be that um understanding that that culture is not going to be stolen and then mass marketed and like you know then we're kind of and made to be your own. Like, yeah. Or made to be thought of as your own. Especially. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. truly unique or original to you. Especially if you don't do anything to give back to that community. Right. I mean, you especially. have to own your ties. I, I'm reminded when you were talking about Madonna, I was reminded of David Bowie. And like that was a huge thing um, with with Bowie. He um, employed a lot of um, people of color in his like records and a lot of singers that were people of color and he would go to like black churches and he I mean obviously he would fucking stick out he's like a seven foot tall like tiny like emaciated pale ass like redheaded white boy Mm -hmm. right he's gonna fucking stand out but um there was a great documentary on him where they talked about how he would like come into like black churches and black communities and he would like talk to the um like really well established like singers and whatever and he would hire them and he would pay them a decent wage and he would you know put their names on things and he would do those types of things so I was kind of reminded of the inverse of that that's a way that you can do it in a way that is not you just fucking stealing from people right like you think it's cool you think that like groove is cool or whatever and you want to incorporate it into something that's fine but you need to give credit where credit is due and kind of cite your sources basically and and be appreciative to that community for teaching you about that because they don't fucking have to yeah you know and just like listening as well and not just shrugging things off because i think that that's a thing that like a lot of people fall into is like they're not listening to those people who um, are a part of those cultures who, um, you know, they're speaking about things and they have a voice and to just be like, oh, I'm not like, oh, you shouldn't be offended. Oh, you shouldn't do this. Like, yeah, to not really like, like understand. That's yeah. like, no, like that's again, not how you, you know, build inclusivity and that's not how you heal. That's not how you right. correct things. Come that's not how you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to listen. Like you have to be able um, and I, I tell myself this, too, with mi- in many different um, parts of, of life, like you have to be able to listen um, and understand that you're not the only one that has a voice. Someone else has a voice. Mm-hmm. They also have their own experience, their own mm-hmm. um, insights, their own, you know, ways that the world has treated them. And they are just as valid as, as you are. Right. So, you know, you've got to have that. You've got to understand that. So, yeah. Um, so with all of that being said, (laughs) I feel like we're very preachy this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like we're very preachy, but hey, you know what? 
whatever. I don't give I a I mean, fuck. do or not. I'm just going to start saying or not behind everything I say. <laughs> I mean, respect people or not. Do whatever the fuck you want. No, no, definitely. No, please respect, respect people. people. <laughs> no, but do we want to talk about some of the uh, queens who we whose work we are particularly interested in who are kind of pushing boundaries in ways that we think yes. are cool and interesting? So... Obviously, like I said, we mentioned Dragula starting out, um, which is hosted by the Boulay brothers, mm-hmm. um, Swan Thula and Dragmordia, mm-hmm. Boulay. I'm a Swan Thula, I think. <laughs> I'm more of a Swan Thula. Yeah, I, I do tend to favor. Now, I, I love them both. I'm not going to. Please don't. Please don't send a blood curse my way because mm-hmm. um, they will. Um, no, but they started Dragula. It used to actually be sort of like an underground um, event because they are known for mm-hmm. hosting parties and yeah. events um, in L.A. and then also New York, I believe, as well. And then so they turned it into this show. Um, and it has really opened my eyes to some of some really, really kick-ass performers. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what, the shit that they do on Dragula is not fucking Drag Race. Because I'm going to tell you what, they are eating fucking monkey brains on here. Mm-hmm. They are doing fucking... Pig brains. Was it pig brains? It was pig brains. Oh, I thought it was monkey brains. Whatever. Pig brains. They are fucking... Um, Sticking needles in. They do fucking exterminations. Yeah. They don't do lip sync for your lives, which I'm not. I, I love a good lip sync for yes. your life. So a good don't, don't even, let me not say that. But um, and they have done some lip sync on uh, on Dragula too. So they did yeah, that Alaska one. But their main focus, it's not like uh, the challenge is different every week. And there's like like the pig brain thing that was lit, legit like verbatim a challenge was to eat as much pig brains as possible. Um, mm-hmm. and then, so, so it does have that, uh, aspect of the extreme of the gross, yeah. um, which is really interesting to kind of see, um, performers being pushed in that way. Uh-huh. Um, and, they're, and that's kind of cool. That was very sensational. They got a lot of shit for that. I know. Their themes that they have, like I, so like first season you had like Wicked Witch was mm-hmm. one of their, the wickedest their themes. witch, the wickedest witch. They had 80s female wrestler, which, fuck, yeah. Like, Meatballs, I'm so into I'm that. still, I'm still, <laughs> I stand. Um, they had zombies. Um, they also did Pretty Pink Fishy Drag as well. Um, Very tongue-in-cheek. I love yeah. that episode. So all of these really cool challenges that incorporate, again, that horror, that filth, um, and the glamour mm-hmm. that they're that they are about um and did you have a favorite from that season that you wanted from to talk the first about? season yeah i mean my favorite is vander von odd obviously but bitch one so it's meatball not really that amazing interesting. we love meatball but um yeah no vander von odd i absolutely adore vander von odd um such an amazing um just artist if, yeah if you want to talk about somebody who is really taking horror and elevating it to a high art vander von odd is your girl mm-hmm. um very uh very polished but at the same time is able to be filthy is able to be kind of rugged um it's kind of like avant-garde mm-hmm. a little bit like i feel like she is a little bit like avant-garde about her horror um but I really, that look that she showed up in season two, 
the look that oh, she showed up in red. when she came back. Yes, the like the queenly type situation. Oh my god, I'm dead. I'm dead. I died. <laughs> I died. You're um, dead. Victoria literally. Elizabeth Black from season two was also incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, her stint on the show was a little tough, um, and I don't really think you get a full. I at least did not get a full grasp of how amazing a performer and artist um, she is until uh, I followed her on Instagram and I was kind of like keeping track over there mm-hmm. and like just the creativity, the imagination, the makeup skills, which I'm always envious of cause I can't fucking do makeup for shit. So I just don't wear it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, Victoria Elizabeth Black is also very talented in season two. Yeah. Season two had some amazing Queens. Um, Victoria Elizabeth Black being one of them. I personally am a huge fan of Monique. Um, she, she problematic. She is so problematic. She's got <laughs> some attitude problems for sure. I, listen, totally problematic. I completely get it. But this aesthetic, though, I am like, it is so me. So, like, Katie, you know, for Halloween, you know, I am a, loves mask a mask queen. You know, I love he loves a mask. A mask. I fucking love a mask. I love a mask because I have such a fucking round, fat baby face <laughs> that I can't make this shit horrifying to save my motherfucking life. Uh, it's not scary. It's like round, fat, and that's just it. <laughs> so I need a mask. I'm mask for mask on this one. Uh, um, But just has this really creepy, like almost blow up doll Yes. Vibe yeah. that yeah. has this um, mask that covers her face with these big gaping like eye holes, which she paints mm-hmm. black, and mm-hmm. then the fucking beady contacts. Yes. Just, the look is I'm very cool. It. The queen herself, girl. I, well, listen. <laughs> I just feel my biggest um, thing is like. Just be healthy, baby. Well, like, just make understand. sure we're being healthy. Well, you have to understand. Yes, yes, you should always just, be healthy. But just make sure we ain't, like, Again, we're problem. talking about, like, fucking punk rock drag queens yes, here. Yes, who, yes, Listen, they're not pageant polished. Like, nope. yes, some of them are polished, but they're not, like, pageant queens. Most of these people have been in some shady fucking places and done some shady fucking things, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But, um, you make it sound like they the killed fucking... people. They, they've all killed a bitch at one point in their life. No. That's how they got on the show. You uh, have to murder a bitch have... in order to get on to mm-hmm. Dragula. Look, we don't know. We haven't been on it. We don't know. <laughs> we would love to be, though. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, would die. I would absolutely, honestly love to be on the show. Second season, they had Cenobites. Um, that was which I cool, believe was their first one. That was one, a which, really, really cool. Episode. Oh my god! The whole t- mm-hmm. like I'm sitting here, I'm still trying to think of what my Cenobite look would be, mm-hmm. and I want to say that like if I was a Cenobite, it would definitely have to be something like gluttony related. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I would have just like a cheese grater vagina. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we'd be dealing with. You just be in all black leather, and then just have like a tearaway to reveal to fucking a fucking cheese grater fucking vagina, and then like cattle prod like nipples or something like amazing. (laughs) See, this is why we have to be on Dragula. Ooh, okay, cattle prod nipples. I wonder if they'll censor those on air. Um, I don't know. For me, I feel like if I was a Cenobite, I would, it would be like, 
there was already a fat Cenobite, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there already was. a fat Cenobite. I, I, I would just, I'd probably be that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd just probably be him. I'd be the fat Cenobite. I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be worried about nothing. You go and do what you want to do. I'm just going to live my life in hell. <laughs> um, but they also did some amazing themes like Ghost Town Ghouls, um, fucking Shock Rock, mm-hmm. and Metal, which. Mm-hmm. I liked the Scream Queens episode. I, that was one of my favorites. Mm. And I loved Bitch Pudding's like look for that. She killed mm. that. Um, I I loved it. Mm-hmm. That was fun though. Bitch Pudding. If Just because I want to do that. That's when you create. Um, they had to create like a Scream Queen look and also act in a horror movie. They were given a scenario and they like filmed it and everything. And that's just. I mean, I would fucking love that. I just want I, to do that challenge. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, you probably would have literally slayed that challenge. I, I mean, it I, would I feel have like been that amazing. would have been your challenge. It's like my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did like sci-fi babes. They also mm-hmm. did gothic brides, mm-hmm. which amazing. Oh, and then they also went to um, Wasteland Weekend, which I believe is out in California somewhere. Yeah, it's in the middle of the California desert. It's a Mad Max themed like post apocalyptic festival. And look, I'm not a festival girl. It's not my thing, babe. Like I love live music. I love a concert. I love to go to the lawn. I love to be on the lawn with all the people smoking weed. And I'm gonna chill there with my wine and I'm gonna have a great time and I'm gonna get, you know, that contact high and I'm gonna feel great and then I'm gonna go home to my house <laughs> to my fucking shower and I'm gonna shower and get in my bed I'm just not a festival type person but I would totally do Wasteland Weekend because the whole thing is like Mad Max themed and everybody's in costume and it's very cool um, but we had they thought about there. doing that though for yeah like eventually we'll go but it's like crazy expensive it's like $200 a ticket it is but yeah yeah it is kind of expensive but it's pretty cool yeah. So check that out if that's something, if you like the Mad Max franchise, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, but kind of looking, um, because of course, kind of, we talked about how Dragula is not, we don't want to set it up as a one-to-one comparison of like the RuPaul style drag race type situation versus Dragula. There's lots of queens that are not affiliated with either one who are doing awesome things on their own. And I wanted to highlight um, at least one of those queens while we have time. Um, Have you heard of Charity Case? I'm sure you've heard of Charity Case. Um, Yes, Charity Case. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Charity Case. And I, I did not realize that she was only 22. This bitch is only 22 years old. See, that's the thing. I'm getting to that point where I just feel fucking old always. Like, <sighs> This bitch is 22. And her stuff is absolutely I know. That's what I'm saying. These fucking amazing. people are out here doing amazing things. And they're like fucking in their early 20s. And here I am pushing fucking 30. And I have shit to show for my life but a fucking podcast here <laughs> with you. And a handful of people who listen to my fucking oh bullshit. My I love you all. Oh. Oh my god i love you all but no we can't handle that kind of power um <laughs> but no seriously look into charity case um it's uh c-h-a-r-i-t-y-k-a-s-e on instagram um bitch is killing it um there's like a swamp monster look that's amazing she's got a clown look that is to die for mm-hmm. um and just everything um recently 
I think, I guess this is recent. Um, she did like a 12 weeks of Disney challenge mm-hmm. um, where she did like all different like Disney characters and stuff. But like they're, they like had a slight like horror bend. Like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah like her genie was awesome. really cool. Um, so definitely check her out because she's fucking killing it. She even did like a little like jack-o'-lantern type look. Ah, sweet. You know, I love a fucking jack-o'-lantern. It was very cute. That's awesome. Yeah, I love shit like that. Um, Also, I uh, have a couple that I want to highlight as well. Um, I want to talk first about a drag king by the name of Landon Sider, who is like, I I feel things Hmm. when I see this drag king. Um, I feel things like. Oh, I just got it. Huh? Amazing. Sorry, I just got the name. <laughs> I'm really slow with drag names. Um, I've always <laughs> been slow with drag names. I'm just slow with puns in general. So, yeah, sorry. No, Landon, Landon Sider with it. <sighs> yeah. I'm down. Landon um, is oh, just absolutely, just absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, I I feel things. I'm sorry if that's awkward. If Landon is if if she's listening, girl, if you I, listen, call me. <laughs> Please call me. Um, Amazing. There's such. So we cool. talk a lot about, um, you know, that transformation from like male to female in drag. Mm-hmm. But drag queens or drag kings, I feel like don't get enough credit for their transformations as well. Yeah. And Landon does amazing because um, Landon has the like body suits that show like the muscle. Yeah. Um, Landon's done like beetle. Like Land- if you go on Landon's Instagram right now at Land, um, at uh, I believe it's just Landon Cider um, and you scroll. <laughs> oh, bless you, girl. Ugh. Um, has a Beetlejuice-inspired look with that same, uh, like, bodysuit. And I feel things that I shouldn't be feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another really amazing artist that I wanted um, to highlight is a performer that goes by the name of Hollow Eve. And um, on their website, Hollow Eve is... Uh, a post-binary drag socialist who resides in San Francisco, California. Their performance art is concept-heavy and provocative. Undaunted by the light or the dark, hollow longs to be filled with complex ideas manifested in layers of metaphor. Floating between genders and blurring their line, hollow already exists in a world that has moved beyond the binary. Hollow Eve did a performance... um, titled uh, saluting the queef hmm. which was <laughs> so amazing they had like a um what can only be described as a vagina prosthesis on their head huh. and i thought it just looked like the scalp had separated but i'm fairly certain i'm fairly certain it was a vagina um and they had just like started pulling things out of their crotch. Um, I think part of the song went, um, "How does my cunt taste?" Like, <laughs> I'm so down for that shit. But they, um, one of their performances that you can also find on YouTube, they did a lip sync to "Creep," 
cool and they did this head. clown sort of like aesthetic where their mouth was like sewn together mm-hmm. and they pulled out these needles um and they literally just like stuck them in the cheek mm. and like injected blood it came out the other side of the cheek and wow. came out the mouth huh. and then like pulled scissors out of freaking nowhere and like just cut the threads of the of the um around the mouth and i'm fairly certain those threads were actually sewn in the mouth <laughs> like it might have been latex it, it could have been but um just seeing some of their work i'm i would i it was probably actually so <laughs> sewn in um but definitely check them out um they are on instagram at hollow eve i believe yeah, at Hollow Eve, um, and just look at some of their work because uh, it's nightmarish, honestly, which hmm. I love. I fucking love. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. So those are queens who we kind of feel are pushing the boundaries of drag, and if you have any... Um, personal favorite horror queens that you would like to share with us, go ahead and email us at thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to talk about those folks. Mm -hmm. Um, We love, you know, performers who are, we talk a lot on the show about people who are pushing the boundaries of horror. And that definitely applies in the drag world as well. So if you, you know, have a favorite performer who you think is pushing boundaries, let us the fuck know so that we can let everybody else know. Um, And speaking of letting you know things... Girl, we're going to be in Chicago. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are in Chicago, let us know if you're in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we're planning a meetup for Friday night, the 12th, um, and then on uh, just at a local bar or whatever. And then on uh, the 13th, we will be at the True Crime Podcast Festival that Saturday in Chicago. It's at the Marriott uh, Magnificent Mile. I keep saying that. I don't really know like what that means. Like, so is it a section of Chicago? I think it's an area of Chicago. Okay. According to Google Maps. So, like, Brooklyn is a borough of New York. Magnificent Mile is kind of like, like a an region. Area. Yeah. Okay. At least well, when I was Google mapping bars. Um, <laughs> it better be magnificent. <laughs> um, it, it said, like, Magnificent Mile. And so I'm assuming it's just an area. With it. With yeah. it. A locale. So that's where we're going to be, Chicago, and the Chicago surrounding areas, if you want to make a road trip. Um, that's where we will be. We will be, uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to TCPF, True Crime Podcast Festival, 2019.com. Um, and you can get tickets there. You can learn about the event there. You can book rooms, blah, 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 blah all that. Um so definitely come out if you're in the Chicago area um, and let us know if you want to hang out. Yes. With us. So that, I mean, we can drink alone. We've been doing that our whole lives anyway. So, but it'll it'd be, be better to be drink with you. If you did come yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah. It would be a lot less sad. No. Okay. Yeah. No, that is, that is the truth. Um, so uh, for, to stay up to date on everything else, you want to make sure that you are following us on the social media. Search the Haunted Heart Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find the Haunted Heart Podcast on Twitter. We are at the Haunted Heart um, so you can follow us on all of those. And again, if you do want to get an invocation for joining our Patreon, 
and becoming part of that family, you can find us on patreon.com slash the haunted heart. And thanks to all of our patrons. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Patrons. I almost did it. I was fucking up. Uh, thanks Thank to all of our patrons because we couldn't do the show without you and we really appreciate the support. Yeah, that support really helped us when we were booking our uh, hotel in Chicago, folks. Just, 100%. We need just all letting you know. <laughs> just letting you yes. know. But seriously, um, the Patreon really helps us uh, kind of be able to grow the show and produce more content for you, which I know we've been, you know, somewhat inconsistent problematic with netflix and kill (laughs) is coming back we did not kill it we just have been busy as fuck lately so um we appreciate everybody bearing with us on that as we figured this the fuck out because there is uh kind of no handbook we're kind of making it up as we go along Mm -hmm. that is the truth yes so uh well, at the end of this episode, also, I want to plug in. Um, oh, that's what the thing. I was like, yeah. I, there's something <laughs> that I have to talk about, but no. I completely forgot what it was. No, um, I want to plug in. So um, we um, uh, reached out to this uh, really awesome band, um, sort of an underground band, which is why I kind of wanted to um, plug it in on this episode um, called Neon Coven. So uh, definitely check them out. We're actually going to play... Um, one of their songs uh, at the end of this episode. So definitely check it out because they are awesome as fuck. You can find them on Instagram at Neon Coven. Uh, same thing for Twitter. Um, they are really awesome. Um, they're a band based out of LA and they have this sort of like gothy vampire, like almost sometimes like 80s synth vibe. Yeah, I've listened to some of the stuff that you let me kind of sample from them and it was very uh very 80s vibe kind of of a little bit retro wave if you're uh into that yeah so uh i guess it's that time folks i guess it is so while you're kicking back and relaxing listening to neon coven you've got to stay stay spooky and be inclusive god damn it god fuck
Jam.